What's up, everybody? This is Word of a Rebel, and this is episode two, speaking directly to teens who are survivors of child abuse. And this includes adults who have survived child abuse and maybe are reflecting, you know, back, or maybe you're in the process of still healing, or maybe you never really began healing and you're kind of starting on that journey. This is all about our community. So in the first episode, we spoke about two important things to focus on um, as you... Um, go through the healing process so go ahead and check out episode one for that this episode episode two is really diving into how a survivor of childhood abuse um, approaches relationships um, especially romantic relationships we'll talk about friendships in a later episode but specifically romantic relationships So in childhood, we learn about affection and bonding, and we learn what to trust and what not to trust in other people, and we learn what to expect. A lot of our childhood experiences set expectations, and so there's a myriad versions of um, how a a person who survives childhood abuse um, comes out of it. And so I want to kind of look at some of the possibilities, and you may see this reflected in your own experience. So for example, one of the major things is... um, not understanding what healthy love is supposed to look like not understanding um just in general what actions and what um language to expect from a partner because if you grew up in an abusive household there was always a mixture of the positive moments and the negative moments so one of the things that a lot of people struggle with is even acknowledging that they were in an abusive household because it wasn't always abusive, right? So no abuser is going to be abusive every day. So you kind of have this mixture of experiences where there's these positive loving moments and then there's the sadness and the fear that comes whenever the person becomes abusive on a particular day. Um, and what does that teach you, right? It's setting an expectation. It's teaching you um, that a person isn't consistent right it teaches you to accept inconsistency because it feels normal and 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 it feels and you know how to survive in inconsistency even though you didn't like it right you adapted to it that's what you were accustomed to and so a lot of the time when we you know start dating we may find that we pull away from someone who is consistently loving whereas we may bond to and want to stick with somebody who is inconsistent who gives us that mixture of what we're accustomed to which is the really um elated highs or really comfortable moments followed by some kind of tragic annoying uh disruption to that process right another thing that you'll see sometimes in um people who are survivors of childhood abuse is um the the actual adrenaline rush of sorts almost like to the point of an addiction right um to where you'll become you or you may you may see this in in other people you may see this in yourself where you actually enjoy the abrupt um shift between the very very low and the very very high right so what i mean by that is you'll have this argument where the person completely is just disgusting to you right Maybe they didn't put their hands on you, but they're insulting you. They're talking crap. They're making, they're belittling you. And then the next day it's, 
oh, let me dote on you. Let me bring you flowers. Let me rub your feet. You know, I, I, I would, you know, I didn't mean any of those things. And in contrast, it makes that positive moment feel a lot more engaging, a lot more um, loving than it really is. Because when you compare the two, the, the moments where you were being belittled with this moment of this person doting on you, it's like, oh, you know, I really, it just, it feels like a, like a, like a 10 when really it's probably like a four on the love scale. Right. And then when you actually look at their behavior as a whole, you realize this relationship is crap. Right. But for a person who's a survivor of childhood abuse, this is what, this is part of what feels familiar. It feels comfortable because that's what you're accustomed to. But at the same time, it's not healthy. And so you know on a gut level that this is disruptive, that this is not boosting you. It's not empowering you. It's not helping you move better towards your goals. It's not adding positively to your life experiences. And so this is just one way that we see childhood abuse sometimes manifest itself in romantic partnerships. So let's think about some other ways that this may manifest into romantic partnerships. So you may have um, a person who survived abuse and now they're triggered by things they shouldn't be triggered by, right? So in episode one, I spoke about how, you know, you, you might feel uncomfortable or set off by something and it makes you unable to focus, right? But another way that the triggering can happen is that something about a person or an environment makes you feel uncomfortable and then you lash out at somebody who is loving to you. We do see this a lot as well. Um, Basically, the person who was the survivor of abuse following up by giving abuse to a person who is loving on them. And so you want to be careful about that because you don't want to be an asshole. And when you're in the moment of it, you may actually think, oh, this person is doing me wrong right? Not realizing that you're overreacting to their behaviors. Now, I want to make sure that I say this correctly, because you'll have some very abusive people who will say, oh, you're overreacting. Okay. I, I don't want you to misconstrue the two. Okay. I want you to pause and reflect on the behavior or the words and assess the appropriate response, okay? And you can even ask a third party, like someone who's not gonna be romantically interested in you, this is where a therapist comes in handy, having an objective soundboard aside from yourself, or if you don't have that objective side, you know, sounding board, um, imagine if you were telling this advice to a friend of yours, right? Look at the behavior and ask yourself, was my response equal to that infraction. So for example, um, I know someone who mentioned that um, her uh, ex-partner had looked through her phone um, because he thought that she was cheating. And instead of him coming to her and saying, hey, like I, I have these doubts or whatever, he looked through her phone as a means of trying to determine it, right? But then he ended up confessing because she didn't find out, he confessed. And she said that she saw red flags, um, believing that he was probably going to be an abuser. And she yelled at him. She was very, very irate, very, very angry. She told him that he was domineering, that he was controlling. 
And I, I expressed to her that she had every right to feel, um, you know, put, put off by it because it definitely was an invasion of privacy and that there was definitely a better way to handle it. And I said, but to be honest, you know, that in and of itself is not a reason to, you know, really just go at him in that way. Just, he came to you, he confessed it. And what it is, it's a time, if you value this relationship, if you want this relationship to continue, this is a moment to say, okay, um, if you feel that I'm doing something that makes me, you know, it, it makes you feel like you're unloved. It makes you feel like this relationship is uncertain. Let's talk about it instead of you looking through my phone, right? Now, the reason that she reacted in the way that she did is because she had a previous relationship that was abusive. And so for her, she felt like this was a red flag that he would probably do the same thing. And that was not true. Um, you know, he wasn't that type of person and he did prove himself not to be that type of person. Nevertheless, this was the way that she reacted. She overreacted to the circumstance. On the other hand, let's imagine a different situation where someone comes home drunk and starts trying to get sex from their partner and their partner says, no, I don't want to have sex right now. And they push their partner down to the ground, right? Okay. Um, that is abusive. And so in that circumstance, that person should immediately find a way to get to safety and secure themselves and make sure that that person can no longer have access to them. So that's what I mean, like assessing the behaviors and responding to it appropriately. Really ask yourself, okay, if you're upset about that behavior or that statement um, or that habit, ask yourself what would be an appropriate level of response to it. Because that's one of the biggest things that happens with abuse. We, we learn expectations and then we respond based on what we've learned. Because it's survival, right? So there's, it's not that what you're doing is necessarily wrong, not innately wrong. Because every organism that is alive and able to respond, including plants even, will respond to a stimulus in the way that in the past best preserved their life, Right? So even plants will uh, detect certain chemicals in the air, recognize a threat and respond to it, right? And so animals do it and humans do it. And so what, whatever your reaction is, it is something that you learned from a past environment. However, you're not in that environment anymore. You're in a different environment. And as I mentioned in episode one, remembering to do the affirmation, I am in control. I am in control. I am in control. So bring that forward, remind yourself that you are in control, right? You are not in an abusive situation. You are a empowered person. And now you can assess that situation that you're currently in and ask yourself, okay, is this someone who is being abusive to me? Are they belittling me? Are they insulting me? Or are we just having a debate and they don't agree with me, right? Because I've also seen situations where a child who survived abuse, grew into adulthood and was starting to date. And they took every disagreement as that person personally attacking them. They didn't understand healthy conflict. They didn't understand how, oh, we can have a difference of opinion and we can still love and care about each other. They didn't understand how to differentiate between the two. So for them, any disagreement was an insult because they didn't want to have anybody upset with them they didn't want to have any conflict 
any conflict to them set them off so remember to kind of assess like i said assess your situation are you safe is the person physically abusive sexually abusive if no okay look at their words are they belittling you or are they just simply disagreeing with you and always 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 i really encourage you guys to get a therapist as an objective sounding board because we deserve love as i said in episode one you are deserving and worthy of a great love you are deserving of of healthy bonds that are going to empower you and empower your partner or partners and in that line of thought having someone help you heal from your childhood traumas so that you can take control of the bonds that you choose in adulthood because these bonds are going to be a very important part of your path and you deserve a warm and nurturing loving environment and your partners deserve that deserve that as well so if that's something that you want to work on I strongly advise everyone listening to this to definitely like I said get a therapist let them be an objective sounding board for you to kind of talk you through it so that you can make sure that you are staying away from the unhealthy abusive person and that you are showing the proper love and nurturing to someone who is properly loving and nurturing on you so as always this is word of a rebel and i'm here for empowerment i encourage you guys to please follow the uh podcast and make sure that you get the notifications for all future episodes i'm going to do a few more of these over the coming months where I speak directly to survivors of abuse, um, it can be very hard. Sometimes a person who is, you know, especially in early in child, like early in adulthood, when you're just leaving that abusive household, you may not fully understand exactly what it was that you were going through, right? Because when you're a child that was born into an abusive environment, you know, whatever environment you're born into, you you learn that to be normal. You assume that that's normal because that's all you've ever known, right? And you don't really understand healthy love until you experience it. And then when you get that healthy love, it may initially feel uncomfortable if you've never known it before. So I encourage everybody to kind of tap into if there was any adult figure in your life, whether it was an aunt or an uncle or a cousin or a grandparent whether it was a mentor or a teacher or a coach, someone who just authentically thought positively of you, who authentically always spoke power to you, um, tap into that. Even if it wasn't your consistent caregiver, there may have been someone who gave you that positive affirmation. And tap into that as being an example of what a healthy bond should look like. Because a person who who loves you in a healthy way is always going to speak power to you. And you want to speak that power back to them. So I encourage you guys to get the help that you need, to get the resources that you need. And I want to send you all love and encouragement, and I will talk to you guys soon.